See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right, thinking, how can life be so nice again? La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, sing it, baby. Listening to the Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at the Curse NM on Twitter, the Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the Beautiful Game Network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 the team. Here's David and RJ with the Curse Cast. Hello and welcome into the Curse Cast. I am David Carl, joined by my co-host RJ Montano. You probably noticed we're coming in a little more somber than we typically do. Uh, our minds are, uh, I think, understandably not necessarily 100% focused on football right now, uh, based upon what we've seen uh, in the last couple of days in El Paso, in Dayton, uh, and in California. Uh, a lot of terrible things going on, and and you know we have this uh, this rivalry with with the club down there in El Paso and with the supporters group down there, but. There are a lot of things that are more important than football, RJ, um, and this is one of them. You know, terrible, awful, horrible shootings happening there. A lot of people losing their lives, and and all we can do right now is just, uh, you know, send them our our best and and think about them. And you know, if if you've got a second to maybe text somebody that you care about and tell them you love them, that's our focus right now, and that's more important than soccer. Yeah, and our hearts are with you, El Paso, and the Eighth Notch. We uh, we are thinking about you. We had a really good rivalry game with you guys on Wednesday, and uh, we had hoped to just talk about it and have a lot of fun with it. And just everything that happened on Saturday, we send everything we have, uh, just all our love, down to you guys in El Paso. Uh, and and we'll talk a little more about this too. We have some stuff going on to. Uh, help with uh, the relief yeah. uh, efforts down in El Paso, but we just want to let you guys know, uh, Eighth Notch, uh, El Paso locomotives, that you and your entire community, ha- ha- we've been thinking about you guys, and uh, we hope you guys can stay strong and, and re- recover from this. Yeah, and we're going to do our best uh, to provide a little bit of a distraction from that uh, for the next hour or so. Uh, you know, that's why we have a podcast, I think, is to provide at least some entertainment, maybe a little bit of distraction when things are rough. Um, and, and let's hope we can do that. Um, so I think, uh, we, we get right into the matches that we saw this week, RJ. Um, the first one, as we mentioned against El Paso, that is a rivalry game, um, ended up three nil, uh, New Mexico United with the win there against the El Paso locomotive. Um, and, uh, a game that, uh, really New Mexico dominated from the start. Um, you know, there's a rivalry match, as we said, coming in and, and a match where the last time these two teams, they don't like each other, um, ended up a 2-2 draw down in El Paso, a game we really had a lot of fun at. Um, this one much more dominant from New Mexico. Um, you know, the the first goal coming from Kevon, uh, that was on a penalty, uh, foul in the box. Uh, Kenny Akamatsu taken down. He does a really great job of trapping the ball on the right side of the box. Taken down from behind, I think it was a pretty clear penalty, and Kevon puts it away. Yeah, the uh, broadcasters were talking about that, that it was a clear penalty. Mm-hmm. It was very uh, right in the box. So Kavon takes that shot, and what a shot it was. He just, uh, I enjoyed watching Kavon do that because mm-hmm. he made Jermaine go where he wanted him to go so he could put the ball on the, on the right side of the net. So what Kavon did there, and, and you don't see it too often, you see, he comes up to the ball and his hips are square. He's squared of the goal. And at the, at the absolute last second, it's like he's got an elastic band on his hips. He turns them at the absolute last second to curve that ball onto the left side of the, of, of the net. And it's it, as you said, you, he gets Jermaine to go exactly where he wants him to go. It gets Jermaine to guess the wrong way. And it's, it's like he's on a – his hips – Turn on a dime. It's uh, all in the hips. It's all in the hips. Yeah. So, is. so a goal there on the 30th minute. New Mexico United up one nil, um, and it would go to the half that way. One nil, New Mexico, um, and uh, would stay that way until the 71st minute when Bees gets his first of two. RJ, within a few minutes of each other, mm-hmm. and Bees puts it away. Oh man, it was so great to see. Yeah, and again, off that, a great uh, pass by Kavan again. Kavan getting into that and then that's what I wanted to get at. Uh that <laughs> it wasn't just the pass, it was the lead up to the pass. So Kavan's coming down the left side. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kavan's coming down the left side and I don't remember who the right defender was on that on that play, but Kavan cuts left, gets the defender to bite. 
cuts back right, gets the defender to bite again, and then cuts back left again. Made the defender look absolutely silly and sends a beautiful cross over to Bees, who heads it uh, f- heads it far post. And and again, that's 2-0 at that point. Uh, a really, really sweet Come goal from Bees. made that guy look like an amateur. Yeah. I mean, that guy, I mean, the, the footwork was just incredible. And it, and you saw the fun Kavan was having, and I think that's where where I loved the most is Kavan was just playing soccer. He was having fun. He was just doing Kavan things, mm-hmm. and I think that's when he plays his best is when he's just playing Kavan. And sure enough, he puts a perfect ball to Bees, and Bees just for his first ever, I think. Is and that's what Bees said on Twitter. I think it's his first ever header. Yeah. yeah for, so somebody had said on Twitter. I think it was actually the USL Championship had said on Twitter. You're like looking at uh, Chris Weehan's first ever. I mean, first. Uh, professional pr- first no his first header header goal in the USL championship and then bees responded it made my first header goal ever <laughs> not exactly known for that right yeah but it was uh, I mean perfect he he looked like he was a pro at it he knows what he's doing so he put it away and uh two nil New Mexico and that was a fun chant to start yelling too two nil to New Mexico and dos acero and before we get, we kind of round out the game here how cool was it how great was it just to see the guys back at the lab I wanted to get to that at the beginning uh but i mean it's been two months since we had seen them at the lab how cool was it to see them back there again Uh, the atmosphere was intense Mm -hmm. it was wild you could feel it It was palpable you you just you could feel the energy from the community that it was just way too long it's like seeing that uh that lover coming back from a long trip and boy did we need them here yeah I mean, you missed him. You missed him. And it, again, great to see it. Great to see uh, a, a packed lab. Um, and uh, it was it was absolutely fantastic. So just a few minutes later, um, again, it's a it's it's bees once more. Uh, pass comes in. I think it was from Manny Padilla out of the back. Um, it just a little chip uh, over over the back defender as as the defender and bees are both running toward the ball. The goalkeeper comes out. Jermaine comes out. Try gets a hand on it, but doesn't handle it well. And the ball he's kind of screened by his own defender. They they aren't communicating well. Ball falls right it's to Bees like and he's able to around a little bit above yeah. the before the net too, and Bees is able to like it, it appears come back to the ball mm-hmm. and, and just strike it in. Yeah, so Bees is able to do that. His second goal of the match, three uh, nil, is your final there. Uh, a big three points for New Mexico, and that's I mean that is three points against a club that they were even with in the standings mm-hmm. uh, prior to that. Three points and a plus three goal differential, minus three for them. So I mean that's a six point six goal differential swing. That's absolutely huge and and super important. So we get through that. Uh, well, let, before we get to that, uh, uh, Weehan Bees was a player of the match. He's, you know, two goals. He has the brace, mm-hmm. but Manny Padilla yeah. had a hell of a game. Monster match. Man, he was my man of the match mm-hmm. because may, my Manny of the match. <laughs> he, uh, his, his play was, he was everywhere. And he was fresh. I mean, he's been playing, uh, I think, three in a row. He played 90. Mm-hmm. So he, he he was tired, and, and he got an, a, a day off on Saturday, but a de- well-deserved day off. But Manny played an amazing match, and I just wanted to give him a shout-out from that game because I think it went a little unnoticed. And 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 to that point, I want to expand off of that, RJ. I think you make a really great point there. Uh, we talked a little early, earlier in the season about how well the offense was doing and, and that we knew – we knew we have this talent defensively, but the unit had not quite gelled yet. We talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think they're gelling, RJ. I, I really do. I mean, Schmitty, Suggs, Manny, Rush, all those guys back there, they're doing a really, really great job. Ethan Sampson, Austin Yearwood. I mean, it's its its starting to feel a lot like the offense in that you can plug in any of those guys. You know, we've got eight guys back there and any one of them there's not one here like oh shit he's in there you know like yep. i'm uncomfortable with that no i i am comfortable with all of those guys they've they're gelling they they feel like a unit and if this continues if they continue to grow like they are watch out yeah. usl because I, again we we've, we've talked about all year the, the offense has always been great but when the defense gets going like that, it's they're a tough team. And I feel like they haven't reached their potential. Yeah. Like they're starting to get together. Mm-hmm. And, and Manny, he he had that stretch where he wasn't even in the, on, on the six. Was it uh, on the eleven, or he wasn't even on the bench? Sure, the twenty-two man, the twenty-two. But now that he's kind of played his way back into the starting lineup, he has taken advantage of it, and I think he's he's had a hell of a stretch. Yeah, I think he's been really really fantastic. And and let's so let's get into let's get into uh, Wednesday night's match. Uh, excuse me, Saturday nights. Wait, no. What, Saturday. We're Saturday. Going Saturday. Oh it's it's my been gosh. two matches in one week was a lot. Yeah. So Saturday against Austin Bold again. Uh, for the second match in a row, we're playing against a team that we are even with uh, in the standings on points. Um, and this one, unlike the El Paso match, we're even with not just on points, but 
the exact same record. Uh, so that was uh, coming into the match. Again, that makes it super important. These matches, as you're against these these top clubs or clubs that are even with you, um, you know, essentially those turn into to six point swings. It's it's incredibly important. If you can win, you it's a six point swing. Uh, so things get started off really really well. And actually, that's before we get to the pitch. Meow Wolf Knight. Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool. Was so, so we had our tailgate ahead of time, uh, and we had a, a costume contest, and we had uh, you know free free tacos there. We had free beer there. We were partnering with Doral Motors and Star Brothers, and, and everything was wonderful. And, and people, when they first announced this, and I, I've talked to you about this before, RJ, but when they first announced the costume portion of, of Meow Wolf Night, my initial reaction was, that's really cool, but I'm a little concerned that people aren't going to dress up as me. It's like a couple yeah. people, and people aren't really going to get into it. Damn, was I wrong? Gosh. People loved it. And it they was like went all out. It was like a Mardi Gras acid trip. It was so it cool, was incredible. Well, so, to, to, go ahead. I was with you on this. I didn't. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. But a few weeks ago, uh, Jake G or our buddy Jake yeah. uh, Chingon Records on Twitter, he tweeted something out like he's he's bought all this stuff. And, yeah. and Susie showed me the tweet, and she's like, "We we, we better step it up." Yeah. Like, <laughs> So Jake, I think, helped build that from from our perspective because we were like, oh, we'll wear something, we'll paint yeah. our face or something. No, we went, well, and we, we went a little more out. Then. We saw we saw everything from butterflies to wild wacky arm waiting inflatable tube men to Jake was uh, was a, a, the he was Cody Mizell but in kind of like crab lobster form with eight legs and he's. That way he can blow. All the all the legs have gloves oh, on them. It was incredible so great. costume by Jake. Uh, and just, and, all the people out there, yeah. inflatable dinosaurs and bananas. And <laughs> <laughs> I loved. Uh, I also there was one it, it, we had uh, in our, at the pregame tailgate. Uh, and for those of you who are listening who have not been to Meow Wolf, uh, first of all, go. It's amazing. Uh, but the the I guess the exhibit you would call it or the experience even mm-hmm. is called the House of Eternal Return in New Mexico. That's what it's called. The one in Santa Fe. Uh, and this this uh, this one person, she uh, her costume was the um, the washing machine of the Eternal Return, laundry. Eternal Laundry, the oh, machine of Eternal Laundry. That was cool. Uh, and so she had like a washing machine. She made a washing machine around herself, and it was it opened up, and it's just like the washing machine at Meow Wolf, where there's lights inside of it, like you flashing lights, and, and you can. And, and Meow Wolf, you slide into the washing machine. It's a slide. It's really cool. But there was like New Mexico United Laundry in there. It was it was really yeah. She really did a awesome. heck of a job. So people people went out. Out, oh, I almost out. forgot Lou Wallace. Well, yes. So <laughs> I was gonna cool get to that? that. So our buddy Benny, Benny Emerson, he won the uh, our pre-match costume contest. He dressed as the general the himself, the Wallace. namesake of uh, of the curse, the ghost of General Lou Wallace. It was fan freaking tastic. Wow. He had the Civil War uniform that had Lou on the on like the name there. He had a sword that said "Long Live the Curse." He had the hat. The makeup was done wonderfully. It was so cool. It was the way so cool. he had his, like, I, I've seen him with his beard, and it's this wild beard, and it's awesome, but he had it, like, on It point. looked like Lou. It looked like Lou. He looked like Lou Wallace. He did. He An incredible good. job. And he had, a, he had a cursed flag and everything. It was awesome. He, like I said, tons of people went all out. It was really, really great. So we all do the march in, and we, the, march is, the march in the match is always fun, but it was especially fun because we're standing outside of the stadium. We got there a little earlier than normal. We're standing outside the stadium, and I'm looking around at all these people cheering, and it's just, there's a lobster cheering next to a, a Civil War general, cheering next to a laundry machine, cheering next to all these different things, and it was so cool. It just, you know, we've talked and talked and talked to we're blue in the face about unity and bringing people together. We're bringing together all different kinds of yeah. stuff now, Civil War generals and all. So well, it was so the, much fun. Uh, there was painters and, and face painters oh and dancers gosh. and the live painters. Painter. Yeah. Oh, the live painter. I wanted his art yeah, so bad. It was really, really cool. Yeah, we had, and, But we also had the face painters. We had the performers from Meow Wolf. You had people on stilts. Jugglers. Jugglers. It was what Dancers. an experience! Yeah. I was, hope this happens every year because yeah. that was wild and fun and very New Mexican. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't realize that, but it's totally New Mexican. How weird we got! Yeah, it is, and and I, I think I, we showed up Austin on being weird <laughs> against, and then there's a match against, against Austin. Austin yeah. yeah, but no, I was like I said, I was worried that people would not want to do it because they might worry about coming across as weird. But everybody embraced it, and I loved it. And so RJ, you were David S. Pumpkins. David Escalabasas. <laughs> so you were that. Uh, you had your your wig and your suit, and uh, Susie was the skeleton. 
One of my skeleton dancers. One of your skeleton dancers. Uh, I was, uh, for no reason, I was just an inflatable banana. And it was awesome. <laughs> Made no <laughs> But that's sense. the thing about Meow Wolf. It doesn't have to make sense. It's just, it can be fun and there's no wrong answer and it's great. Um, so anyway, we did that. Let's get to the match a little bit. Uh, it is, uh, we, we come out, we come out well. Uh, Daniel Bruce gets his, uh, gets his goal in the fifth minute. Uh, what do you think in there? Uh, I guess in response to that early goal, I think we were, I thought we were going to run away with it. Did you I really did? I felt like this is such a weird night that we're just going to just have fun and take out Austin. Mm-hmm. And it, it got us really excited and it did keep us excited for a very long time. Sure. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. We were getting a goal that early. Yeah. I think amped the curse and the, uh, the entire supporter section up just another level of, of, on top of being the weird night that it was. Well, and I think, I mean, that goal, frankly, uh, poor defending. I, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to take anything away from Brucey, but it comes from a throw-in, uh, and the defender just lets Bees go right to net, gives him a ton of space, and then that forces the center to, the center back to, to immediately come over because he's, he's essentially, he's free on goal if the center back doesn't come over. So he... Bees does the right thing, goes to goal, forces the center back to come to him. That leaves a streaking Daniel Bruce wide open, who immediately just left foots it into the back of the net. Um, Simple. That, that was great recognition from Brucey because mm-hmm. he, or not Brucey, but uh, uh, Bees because Bees. he recognized that okay, these guys aren't moving. Let's go. He, he rushed that ball in, and it was perfect. But again, if you are a defender, you can't allow that to happen. It's right off a throw-in, and Bees just allows the ball to go by him, and no defender steps up. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm I'm thrilled that it happened that way. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but as a defender, you can't let that happen. Um, so anyway, one nil New Mexico, um, immediately, well, not immediately following that about 20 minutes after that, Austin really starts to get into a groove. Uh, they hit the post twice. They hit the crossbar once. Uh, and New Mexico at that point is, is very lucky to still be up one nil. Austin was, was really taking control of the match there for a little bit. Yeah, and hearing a lot of complaints because, uh, and this is after the match, is mm-hmm. like oh, another tie, but that easily could have been four one in the first half. It could have just. I mean, United missed a few shots that were just a few feet left, a few feet right, a few feet too high. But Austin was missing by inches. Sure. They were hitting the the posts and and they had that the one streaker that was just wide of of the net. So that- they were inches away. So uh, we were lucky to be tied at one going into half. Yes, and, and, and well, and we'll let's, let's get to that goal for Austin uh, off of a set piece. Uh, that was immediately after the ball went off the crossbar. Uh, set piece off of a corner kick. Um, ball comes to the head. I don't remember the the attacker who scored the goal, but uh, it's a header. It's off a set piece. It's been a problem for us all, all year. Um, balls off the corner kicks. We'd, we've had a hard time defending them. Uh, so that's one-to-one Austin there. And then in the 48th minute, well, 45th plus three of stoppage time, another ball sent in off the head and off the post. Barely misses going in. Cody was beat. Uh, uh, that ball... Is, is off the post and, and frankly should have been 2-1. Um, you know, we love Cody to death, but on that first goal, he's got to make a decision. He comes out halfway. Either Cody's got to stay back and be ready to react quickly, or he needs to come out and get a fist on that ball. It's one or the other. He kind of went halfway, um, and and we paid for it. So 1-1 one one there at the half. Um, again, as you said, RJ, could have been a lot worse at, at halftime. Yeah, and Austin was kind of doing what New Mexico United does, and, and off these set plays were kind of making it happen so mm-hmm. yeah that was uh felt lucky i to think be tied and, and I, you know during the time i was like ah oh, man we should be but after reviewing the game again yeah. kind of not in front of all the crowd mm-hmm. yeah i really did feel lucky that we were tied 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 at one i think troy and, and mike and brandon and zach are i i would be shocked if they weren't working on set piece defending uh Today, right now, <laughs> as they prepare for the next match, because I mean, it was—it's been tough. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's something that that they've needed to work on all season, um, and something that again cost us in this match. Um, so anyway, one to one at the half, uh, early second half, three minutes in, forty-eighth minute, uh, ball comes across from the right side. I'm trying to remember who played the pass in to Kevon, but it's a low pass. Uh, I think it may have been Bruce. No, it was Santi. I don't remember who it was. May have been Santi. Anyway, so uh, comes through, beats two men off the right side. It was Santi. And puts the low ball across uh, to a, again, wide open Kevon Freighter. Poor defending from Austin again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, these, bo- all four of the goals scored in this match, um, they weren't world beaters. They were scored off defensive mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you, you'll take them offensively, not defensively. Uh, but, uh, Again, it was it was kind of just a lot of defensive mistakes. So two to one, New Mexico. Um, at that point, Kevon gets his I think thirteenth goal of the year, thirteenth, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then just eight minutes later, 
67th minute. Oh, no, much later. 18 minutes later, excuse me. 67th minute. Again, off a corner kick. Here we go. Austin uh, puts it in. Ball bounces around out, bounces around the box and uh, put into the left side of the net again for a 2-2 score. And that's the way it would end. Same player. Yeah, the um, same guy. Ambu... Um, Ambui Okungo. I wasn't going to try and pronounce I, I, I it. Tried. I tried. Amobi Okugo. I, we know, I know we both failed at it, but I mean, he was in the right place, right time, both times. Yeah. Again, poor defending on the goals for New Mexico and against New Mexico. Uh, I, I really think that if New Mexico can figure out their defending on corner kicks on set pieces, it'll go a long way. That second half, though, New Mexico United dominated. Yes. Oh, they absolutely. They were the better team. They were the better team on the field, I think, through the entire match. But especially in that second half, it was just... Complete domination. They were just unlucky giving up that corner. They look the much better club in the second half. I agree with you on that. I think overall, I think the teams are pretty even. You know, they're even in the standings, and I think that was reflected in the play. Um, but but again, I mean, just uh, yellow cards in in the second half. Six yellow cards against Austin, none against New Mexico. You know, we complain about the poor officiating, but it was really in our favor at this time. But if you're getting six yellow cards against the opponent and none against you and a half. You better you better score more than yeah. that, frankly. Uh, and again, I think it's it feels like points lost, but if you look at this as a whole, look at the last three matches since we've come back from U.S. Open Cup play. We've got seven points yeah, out seven of nine. The last three. That's, so that's great. Uh, yeah, we'll take that. Especially and these when are we against were, good teams. We were complaining about oh, we need to focus. Yeah. And and it wasn't just me, but it was me. <laughs> Uh, focus on USL play. Yeah. I love the Open Cup, but we need to. Sure. We need the championship. But and they've rebounded. They've rebounded. They was there. Uh, the Open Cup hangover. I think we're past that point. I wholeheartedly agree. Into. I think. I think to come to come back from Open Cup play and to get seven points out of nine says a lot about the character of this team. Uh, doesn't mean they're done. Not by a long shot. A long way to go. Um, and some tough matches coming up, but. We've talked at, at length about the the number of home matches we've got coming up, which is great. Um, and I think they're they're starting to click again. They not starting to, they are clicking again after again that US Open Cup hangover. So good to see. Yep. All right. Uh, let's let's take a quick break. I've been excited for this interview. We didn't really pub this very much. We had a kind of a somber opening, but David Estrada is joining us for this next segment, and I've been looking forward to this for a long time. We've been trying to get him on for a little bit. We just haven't had the opening that we the needed. The stars and, haven't aligned yeah, until tonight. So tonight, here he is. Live in studio, we'll have David Estrada coming up right around the corner, so stay tuned. You're listening to The Curse Cast. Looking for a great place to catch Premier League, MLS, and USL games? Star Brothers Brewing is your family-friendly destination to catch all your favorite soccer matches. Star Brothers is also home to your official New Mexico United watch parties with a Curse Supporters Group. Get 15% off your ticket when you show your Curse membership card. Star Brothers Brewing is located at 700 San Antonio Drive in the Northeast Heights, just east of I-25 on San Antonio. You can find Star Brothers on Facebook or Instagram or visit starbrothersbrewing.com. New Mexico United Soccer. More than a team, this is a family. We wanted so badly, so desperately to do this for Justin and his family and to honor his dad, and we honored him in the best way possible. You better not be the one to doubt us. We had to do Because we going to blow your own mind. What a win with the goalie. We had, and it's 3 now. We going to blow your own mind. New Mexico United Soccer on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. We going to blow your own mind. And welcome back into the Cursecast, RJ Montano, David Carl, and we have been looking forward to this segment for the entire season. If so you far. like David Estrada, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Isn't go ahead. oh man, we got to get that song going. Yeah, yeah, we all right. So we, that's all right. So we've had it's, that chant. It's a, it's, a, it's written. Yeah, we've had that chant written all season. It's maybe a little too complicated to get going. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to do it in unison and. I think it's something that you you probably have to practice. Not something you can just do two three liners. You know, it's like the pretty detailed one. So, and for those of you listening in and that not recognizing right that there, voice, that is number nineteen, David Estrada from New Mexico United. Day, uh, thank you for making the time for us. First of all, no, thank you guys for having me. I've uh, followed you guys here and there, and I appreciate you guys giving uh, our teammates, our coaches, a voice to kind of 
so that the fans can get to know us a little bit better. Well, we love having you on. And that chant has followed you, by the way. So when we when when United first signed you, um, one of the things we you know we were we've been working we were working on chants for for players for the team all that kind of stuff, and uh, the the supporters group over in Charlotte immediately reached out to us and they're like, hey, here's this chant. We've got it. We, you know, we've been doing this chant for David for a long time, and like, all right, we got it, and then we made it a little bit our own. So yeah, that chant's been following you around for a while, I yeah. guess. And I think it was one of the most beautiful things to hear those people sing my name like that. Mm-hmm. I think as a player, when the fans take the time to kind of, you know, trying to make you feel at home, I think that was something that that kind of stuck with me. And it's not something that you know happens just like for every player, you know. So for the fans to be able to uh, do that and I thought the lyrics were very funny and clever <laughs> so like I always enjoyed hearing it in stands even though they were a small section I could always hear it when the game was going on usually they would sing it when you know I'd, I'd do something on the field so I could so speaking it. of of feeling at home you're here at New Mexico United this is your first season with us you spent uh last year with the Sounders and with Charlotte before that and uh so how how, how have we done to make you feel at home and and how, how has your journey been Ah, it's been, you know, 10th year now playing professionally. So uh, it's been up and down. I think that's more or less like what happens throughout a long career. Uh, but coming here, you know, is something so unexpected and, and so special that, you know, it's just it's indescribable to, to be, uh, be able to say that I was able to be in uh, Sacramento for a year, you know, and I was able to see that a little bit. I was able to see what happened in Seattle after the second year. But here in a in a place like this where it's a small market, to have this amount of excitement and amount of fans at each game is really something that has made this year special. And I think everybody in the locker room is aware of it. And I think it's something that we'll look back and say, like, you know, we, we were the f- first to kind of start that. And yeah, I think a lot of the players came here for that reason, because we believed in Troy and we believed in Peter's vision and. You know, thankfully, things have been, you know, it's just been amazing so far. And when you got the call to come to Albuquerque, New Mexico, did you know anything about Albuquerque first off? And what, what was the decision process like? Because it's an expansion club. There's kind of a lot of things up in the air. Yeah, so uh, it was a little bit complicated for me. There's a little bit more of a backstory to it. Uh, in short, uh, my girlfriend at the time was going to move back home. Back home for her is Albuquerque. I might have heard that there was a team coming here. I knew that Troy... Lasane was looking for a team and I think it was just going to be the perfect fit and so I kind of reached out to him and asked him if he was ever going to find a a job somewhere like I'd be more than happy to work with him because I I worked with him in Charlotte Mm. and he was always kind of like as an assistant you see this all throughout the league and in MLS as well the the assistant kind of takes a back seat there's there's never really um, the head coach is usually the the guy that kind of makes all the decisions and uh, Troy was very much like that in, in Charlotte and you'd see sometimes he'd kind of let his personality out and it was enjoyable to, to kind of work with him and so I reached out to him and just you know said you know if there's ever a chance and you know what like the, the stars aligned and the universe spoke and uh, Seattle was a really good experience for me last year but I think my heart brought me here and you know it's been the best decision of my life have you kind of taken to Albuquerque to New Mexico at all have you had a chance to explore the state at all I mean obviously you're a soccer player most of the time but you're you're gonna be I mean you're not on the pitch all the time yeah so we have a lot of free time but at the same time I think a lot of my free time is spent working on the house right now we have a house and uh, I've been working on it in my free time Um, a lot of my time is spent with family now Uh, have like a nine-year-old stepdaughter so uh, a lot of my time goes to that. I've seen a little bit of Albuquerque, a little bit of Santa Fe. Aside from that, I really haven't seen a lot. It's family I, man. I do love the outdoors, and so I'm looking forward to getting to that side as well. Like Maybe in the offseason, I'll have a little bit more time to kind of explore that. That's awesome. I wish I was like Santi and Tony right now where they just... They're all in about they everywhere. Just, they yeah, just those... pack their trunk. and <laughs> But I did that in Charlotte, and I know how enjoyable that is, and... Hopefully I can do that with uh, Grace and Olive uh, in the off season. But it's cool to hear from you. You know, it, it sounds like kind of you're you're settling in here. You, again, you you bought a house here, and and you know it, it would makes it makes a lot of sense for guys like Josh Suggs and Devin Sandoval who are who are from here. You know, Justin Schmidt. But it seems like you've kind of decided for at least a little bit to to make it a home, and and that's that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I think as a journeyman, which I consider myself, uh, especially 
you know, going into Seattle, I went there to train with the team for, for a week and hoping to something pop up maybe in another country. And I would have uh, driven anywhere and nothing came. Thankfully they signed me. They believed in me. Uh, Mark Nichols, who's the Academy director. I had a dual role of, uh, Academy coach and played as well with the second team. Mm -hmm. So I was, and I actually trained with the first team as well. So this last year in, in Seattle was just a whole growing process of seeing just every level of uh, MLS team from the academy to the second team and to the first team, which, you know, it's something that I kind of just, I was at the right place at the right time. Um, and so, yeah, like now the, 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 the reason why I moved out here too is cause I just wanted to uh, uh, plant some roots too. And I knew that what we were going to do here was something from the beginning. Nothing was here before, right? The year before, uh, what was it like? Not like, three or four days ago was the first time that maybe it was, it was announced or like Devin was signed, mm -hmm. right? Like August yeah. 3rd or something like right that. Right around there, yeah. yeah. I think Peter might have mentioned it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I knew that there was not going to be anything here and I was willing to to kind of give it a chance and and want to come here and, and be one of those uh, first individuals that came and, and really grow, grew the sport. And I think that's what we're doing along with like, you see like what Zach Prince is doing with uh, the high performance program. It's just cool to see that these kids are going to potentially have the opportunity to, you know, maybe work their way up to play with, with United one day. And it's something that I'm so, so thankful to be a part of. And you mentioned, you know, being kind of an academy coach in the past and, and coming in and kind of trying to set a tone, I guess is what you're getting at there. Um, we have a question from Alex Manfield who kind of goes into that. He said, we have, and I don't like this term, but we have an elder statesman <laughs> I say veteran, uh, in defense in Suggsy, in the midfield with Juan, and up front with you. In an expansion team built largely around youth, how would you best describe your role both on and off the field? And I think he, what he's getting at is largely a leadership role. Absolutely. And I think uh, for me, one of the things that I like to do is just lead by example. Um, the, uh, I do like the term veteran, but I, I'll go as far as saying, like, I don't, I don't make it a secret that I'm the oldest player on the team, <laughs> and I, and I'll let that know to anybody on the, the youngest player on the team, because, like you said, it's, it's about setting a tone too. Mm -hmm. If an old man like myself can run back and forth for 90 minutes, there's no reason why a 23, 24, 25 year old can't do the same, right? Right. So for me, that's always been something that, especially as a younger player, I always wanted to be the fittest player, and I think. Uh, in preseason, I was uh, one of the fittest players, uh, top two, three in everything that we did. So um, for me, that was my role here. I know it's lead by example. And also, I, I, I really do enjoy when the younger players come up to me and just ask me a question about like what I see on the field mm -hmm. and, you know, just things outside of soccer as well, which it's I think that is, source of knowledge. Just, yeah, it's just as important to kind of have your head straight Um outside of soccer and I think that that does have a direct result on how you perform so I think the, th those are the things that I enjoy in this role as well do you think that's particularly important in an expansion team I think so I uh, we're a small roster if you see some of the other rosters yeah, 22 it's you see some of the uh, two team rosters that have well when I played last year with Seattle we had about 40 people uh, rostered that played for the team and so you have that amount of players sometimes the chemistry can't is is thrown off a little bit and so for here we have a such a small knit group that you know like i think everybody feels confident from the youngest player to be able to ask one of the older players anything that that they want and i don't think there's any player that's timid enough to like not want to ask a hard question sure. which i think is a direct result of like what you're seeing on the field is that we're willing to fight for each other. We, we know each other's a little bit of each other's backstory, the way that we kind of see um, the world and what we're fighting for. And so, yeah, I do enjoy that aspect. For so sure. you, you guys have kind of been thrown on the road these past few months, especially with the extra five open cup games. How did, how did that help build that chemistry? I think in those difficult moments, you see some of the, uh, camaraderie just like the guys coming together we've had these things where we meet like every two weeks and we just talk about you know we have a question or a, uh, a topic of discussion and and we kind of just talk to each other we really just talk to each other I mean we've been on the road maybe for 10 like maybe seven days at one point 
and yeah you do get tired of each other because it's a little bit like all right like i've seen you every day usually i only see (laughs) it's like family yeah (laughs) exactly and so i think just the chemistry is is what's pushing us forward and and definitely like those that's it was a difficult test but i think we met up to the challenge and everyone was up for it and i think everybody contributed and you know i think it's it's like I said, I think it's a reflection of what Troy is trying to do with us and how everyone's bought in. And I think it's just great to see because, you know, in the beginning, you don't know how it's going to turn out. Like you guys say, it's an expansion team. You know, there's a lot of, you know, uncertainties, you can say. And I think we all knew what we were going to come here to do. And I mean, I think uh, our our goal, our, our purpose is, is a USL championship. And you're going to see that throughout the rest of the year. On on the field now because we've been talking a lot of off field. Uh, that was an amazing open cup run. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun to follow, a lot of fun to be at these matches and stuff like that. But do you think, or not? Do you think did that have any impact on the USL championship games that you were playing during the same time period? It had to have tired you a bit, I would imagine. I, I think the traveling did um, have some. Um, so is it physical, mental, yeah, kind of all of the yeah, above? Yeah, you you talk about uh, you're flying. Uh, at one point, we flew back to Albuquerque after the open cup. And then we flew to the other uh, to the city the following day. You might have gotten a training in, but if it's a training, it's like a really light training. And then the next day you're playing, so it's it, it does take its toll. Um, you you can't really get into a, a rhythm. I think you noticed this past week the game on was it Saturday or or Wednesday game? Like we were a hundred percent. I think mm-hmm. that that's that's when you could see us. Um, if we have a whole week to prepare, mm-hmm. we take every measure that we can. Uh, Mike and Zach do an amazing job to give us a, a report of the of the team. And sometimes when that when you don't have that, it's condensed. And you know, I think sometimes we, we I think we 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 suffer because of it. Mm. Yeah, the game against uh, both Sacramento and El Paso, it, it looked like you guys were just clicking like we we had seen early in the season. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of your your off the field advocacy. I think people know you for that, uh, maybe nearly as much as as your on the field play as well. Um, you know, one of the things that when you first came to United, I you know I looked you up on Twitter, and I see on there uh, the the I guess the description on your Twitter account is uh, I will be, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I will be an advocate for for positive change in the world. Yeah. Um, that seems like something that's very important to you. Can you talk a little bit about why? Well, I think. Uh Coming from Seattle or being a part of Seattle, I realized the platform that we had, you know, we get about 30,000 people at each at each game. And, you know, people were really excited about the team. And I think I I had a friend and I had teammates who kind of showed me how important it was to be in the community. And it, it just made you kind of realize what you were playing for. You know, you're not. Yes, you're playing for the crest. Right. That's very important. But at the same time, there's people that are coming week in and week out, no matter the result, they're loyal and they're supporting you. And so for me, I think that that kind of started to plant that seed of why it is important to go out to the community and be a part of it. Because even as a journeyman, I always wanted to go, especially to underserved communities, uh, places that kind of need maybe a a male role model. And for me, that's that's always been one of my... um, my goal is to go and do at every team that I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, a little bit kind of like you that you mentioned, David, that you can't, came from a uh, neighborhood that was, you know, kind of left to the side. And I come from Salinas, California. I grew up in the bad side of town. And so I know that if I had a positive role model, uh, it, it could make me believe in myself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I know it's not a lot. But even now, I go to this uh, community center down the street from where I live, Hernan uh, Chavez Community Center, Hernan Sanchez, I'm sorry, Community Center. And there's a girl whose last name is Estrada. And, like, they tell her my name, and she gets so excited. And then the moment they mention that I play for United, like, her eyes light up, you know? And it's like, I'm no different than any other person that's volunteering there. But because I play for United, because Peter and Troy wanted to create this now there's these kids that are excited about something that they know that there's a player out there that cares about them that cares about who they are and wants to see them succeed and <laughs> believes in them because I'm, i myself was a troublemaker too growing up i'm not gonna <laughs> lie man i i wasn't the most uh 
um, dedicated student. Sure. I got, I got in fights a lot. And so I think there are these kids that are in these situations that sometimes, uh, you know, get caught up in, in all those negative things that happen in their lives. And, you know, I just want to be a positive light in some of these kids' lives. And, you know, this, that, that platform is here for us, too. Well, we saw we saw earlier this week uh, Alejandro Bedoya, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing for the Philadelphia Union. He scores a goal. He runs over uh, to the mic, one of the microphones on the side of the pitch and, and urges Congress to do something about, about gun control. And, and this kind of goes into a question we got here from Jake G. at Chingon Records. Uh, he said, I greatly admire David for being an advocate for social issues on Twitter and Instagram. As a pro athlete, are there lines you feel you need to be careful to walk before you share opinions? I understand some athletes that don't want to do the same, but thank you for using your voice. That's from Jake. Um, is, do you ever feel like it, you got to be careful walking a line? I think there is a line that you can't uh, cross. I think you do represent the club. You do not want to put them in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to hu- basic human rights, like there shouldn't be a, a line, right? Like I'm just advocating for people to be treated fairly. Absolutely. And I think that that's not something that should be, you know, any side of the spectrum in terms of politically. And so for me to be able to use my platform and bring some of these issues, bring some awareness to these issues, I think is 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 a responsibility for me. And um, you talk about like athletes shouldn't be, you know, they should stick to sports. And I think, I mean, without offending anybody, we have a, a reality cele- a TV celebrity being a president right now. That's so right. You have actors that are go on TV and newscast always saying their opinions. And so what's different from an actor, uh, celebrity, TV celebrity, like uh, voicing their opinions. The and difference me, is I you're have, actually making a difference. <laughs> and for me, I, ha- I know I have a small following, but I know in that small following, I have people that are from back home. I have people that can relate to my experience. And for me, that's that means the world to me because I know these people believe in me and I believe in them. And so I think it's something that, you know, I just want to be an advocate for these people. And it's just saying someone like you who represents a lot of people who look like me or who look like the kids in the South Valley that you were talking about, just using your voice and using your platform and showing them, look, this is what you can do. I think I think it goes a long way for us. So I, I, I echo Jake's statements in, in thanking you for that, too. Oh, man. I think you, you hit it right on the head. I think you said representation. Right? Representation matters. And mm-hmm. uh yeah, well, I'm like the I think the only Mexican on the team. Mm-hmm. So, um old Mexico, right? So, I, that's something that I, I wear with pride and um I want people that are from uh Mexico to come and support the team even if I wasn't here, right? Like I yeah, want this team to be for everybody. But to that point, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, at, you know, as as a Mexican fan, I, it's got to feel awesome to say, "Hey, I can come here and I can support David Estrada, he's from where I'm from. He looks like I look. That's awesome. We can support. I mean, that's got to be awesome for that re- to have that representation. Yeah, and I think one of the coolest things is when people talk to me in Spanish, and mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, I don't know if they know that I speak Spanish, but like I'm, I'm so happy to connect on that level and kind of make them feel like they're at home too, because I know it's such a difficult situation to be from another country and come here and work your tail off and go to a game and, you know, maybe have this small little interaction where you feel at home again. And I think that's very special for these fans to feel as well. That's awesome. I love that. All right. So we've got a question here that is not at all serious on this level, but fun. Rapid fire questions. These are from Chris Hurst on Twitter. You ready? And uh, Chris is also the uh, color analyst for ESPN Radio 117, the team's broadcast for New Mexico United Games. So thank you, Chris. All right. So we got a couple of rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Um, I think so. All right. Best dressed player in the squad. Go. Uh. Juan, it's underrated. Juan, but Juan, Juan goes Juan. We sure. need to pay attention. He, I, to I that. think he's like he he. He's questionable on some of the things, but I, I love <laughs> it because he's so confident. He's taking risks. Yeah, he's taking risks. I like and it. Like he's simple too, but like I, I think he's probably the best dressed for me. Okay, worst dressed. Uh, Manny, but that's just because I, I like to pick on him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll love to hear that. All right, uh, who's the Joker of the club? Joker of the club uh, has to be Tony, but you know what? I, it doesn't get so much lost in translation. But he, since he's Spanish, a lot of his jokes are so funny in Spanish. Too. Have you ever seen the video of him doing stand-up comedy? I have not. It's on YouTube. If you look up you Tony Soler stand-up comedy, no and the thing is, he he uses that 
the comedic timing is perfect. So my favorite joke, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, my favorite joke that he did was he goes, uh, you know, you can probably tell by my accent that I'm from Texas. <laughs> it's just so funny. He's great. He was so good. I think it was in like New York City or something. No way. Yeah. Up. yeah it's, it's, I could see him we had do to that find too it. as a yeah. as a profession. I think he's a really funny guy and I think he's a very intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. And I think to be able to tell a stand-up bit, I think you have to be super intelligent. Absolutely. All right, last one, rapid fire questions. Who is the dad of the club? Is that even a question? Come on. Well, I think Josh and Dev for sure. Like, okay. Those are guys that are sometimes a little bit too serious for me, but <laughs> you know, I think I think they definitely set the tone of like really caring for the younger players and as an as the oldest player, sometimes I feel immature <laughs> next to so those two guys. You're the fun dad. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The I, cool I think, uncle. Yeah, 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 I think so. <laughs> uh, and Javier uh, sent in a couple questions asking uh, your favorite. I guess your favorite pro team other than United. Oh yeah, he specifically asked about yeah, Liga, Liga MX. Liga MX, yeah. Oh, is that I mean, what? What do you follow? Is there a particular league or club you follow? Yeah, Liga MX. I grew up watching that my whole life, so I think I I watched MLS maybe when I was in college. I started following it maybe when I was in college, but Cruz Azul has always been my my mm-hmm. team, and obviously MLS. I'm gonna go with Seattle Sounders. Yeah, I still watch the games. I still be. I, I'll go and watch like the academy teams, man. That's how like. How much I love that club. Well, it's interesting to see see from from what you've told us and in, in your perspective. It seems like you've got kind of an affinity for coaching here, but you you really have an affinity for for community engagement too. When you eventually you know down the road when you you hang up the cleats, is either one of those something you think you might want to get into? Absolutely, and I both. Think, I both. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, and I don't know if I do coaching for money or like the advocacy, like nonprofit sector. Like it's still up in the air, and I think. New Mexico is a place that needs something like that, whether it be coaching, whether it be nonprofit resources. And so I think, yeah, that I would definitely love to dedicate my life to that. And, you know, I think New Mexico is a perfect place for that. Well, as a native New Mexican, I, uh, we will have you as long as we could take. <laughs> it's, it's an, an honor really to have you here. And, and I, I think we're getting close to wrapping up. Yeah. But I just wanted to let you know, uh, you, you tweeted the other day about meeting Deb Helland, mm-hmm. uh, the, the senator, uh, reps from New Mexico, and how you were kind of a little starstruck and stuff like that. I just want you to let you know that you have that feeling to me. Like, <laughs> uh, getting to, to talk with you today is really an honor, and just how you use your platform and how you play on the field and everything like that. I just want you to know that I appreciate you and, and everything you've done for us so far. And the impact you have, not only on the field, but off the field, is is yeah. huge. No, Thank you guys again. I, I really do mean it from my heart that you guys are giving us a voice and I think, yeah, we are soccer players, but before that, we're humans, and I think that uh, our fans can get to know us a little bit better, and hopefully they like us a little bit more <laughs> and not dislike us. So appreciate uh, you guys uh, providing this platform. Of course, us. and a- after every interview when we have someone on, we give them a little bit of time to give a shout-out to whomever they want. Uh, the platform is yours, Mr. Estrada. No, I just wanted to thank every single fan that's been to the game. I, I think you guys don't understand how enjoyable, how excited we are to step on the field, the lab, every game. And I think that you guys have definitely exceeded our expectations, and we want to continue to fight for you guys. And I hope you guys know that we're going to give our all to the end of the season. And if we fall, we're nothing less than a championship is going to be a failure to us so that's going to be the goal for us from here on out and we really want to make this year the best year possible and it's not going to be complete without a championship all right awesome thank you so much david estrada was our guest for this segment we'll be right back with the good bad the ugly after this you're listening to the curse cast Looking for a great place to catch Premier League, MLS, and USL games? Star Brothers Brewing is your family-friendly destination to catch all your favorite soccer matches. Star Brothers is also home to your official New Mexico United watch parties with a Curse Supporters Group. Get 15% off your ticket when you show your Curse membership card. Star Brothers Brewing is located at 700 San Antonio Drive in the Northeast Heights, just east of I-25 on San Antonio. You can find Star Brothers on Facebook or Instagram or visit starbrothersbrewing.com. New Mexico United Soccer. More than a team, this is a family. We wanted so badly, so desperately to do this for Justin and his family and to honor his dad, and we honored him in the best way possible. You better not be the one to doubt us. 
Mexico United Soccer on ESPN Radio 1017 the team. We gon' blow your mind. Watching the one hit wonder. And welcome back into the Curse Cast. RJ, it's time for your favorite part of the show. As always, good, bad, ugly. We start with the ugly to end with a good and with a positive. Lead us off with your ugly, RJ. Uh this is bouncing off a little bit of something what uh, David just said, and it was God, what a great interview, mm-hmm. by the way, that is. But uh, I, I hate when people tell these athletes to to stick to sports. Yeah, I hate, I, that. I hate it, I do especially too. when they're using their platform for good and, and talking about, you know, common sense gun laws and stuff like that. Where no one needs an AK anything. I go hunting and I have rifles and I have them registered and I do them responsibly and and. I don't know why we can't just have that and, mm-hmm. and be okay with that and how we're making mass shootings political. Mm-hmm. They're not political. And The lives and I, of children are not political. I mean, politics has nothing to do with, with me feeling like I'm safe taking my daughters and my wife to the mall or to Walmart mm-hmm. or or anywhere. Just uh, I, I I hate that, that people are making this political one. I mean, it, it is political, but, but making it, it saying like be. this is wrong because – you can't take our rights away. Ooh. We're the we're the only country in the world where this regularly happens. I, I think I saw something on on social media. So take that with a grain of salt mm-hmm. uh, on social media. But something like 250 mass shootings in the United States this year already. It's August. It's early August. Um, I don't this even does, know if that many days have passed in the year. Right. Or... This doesn't happen in other countries. No. And and the difference is the accessibility to, to weapons, frankly. Um, and again, this is not why you tune into the podcast people. We know that you're not here for the politics. Yeah. With that said, um, you know, again, it's, but, it's not politics. We're just, we just want people to be safe. Yeah. I, I just want to feel safe going out and not feel like I have to worry about going out. And that's, that's not really the ugly. My ugly was people who are telling David and, other players Alejandro stick Badoya. to sports. Yeah. Shut up and stick to sports. No, use your platforms. Use what you have. Thank you, players, for doing this. Yep. And I wish more of you players had what it takes to come out and speak your mind. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. My ugly uh, is on the soccer pitch. Uh, it's dropping points from winning positions. Uh, we talked about this a lot early in the year. Um, you know, when we had all those draws kind of at the beginning of the season, you remember that, mm-hmm. um, and it sucks to drop, drop points in winning positions. You know, we had the lead twice at home. It's not the best to come away with a draw, obviously hell of a lot better than a loss. And again, as we said earlier, to take it as a whole, these last three matches since the open cup to get seven points out of nine is absolutely fantastic, but it always sucks to drop points from winning positions, especially from home. Yeah. The way I see it though, we could have been catching that point yeah, from behind. Absolutely. So this that was it was such a weird game on a weird night that it's, that night. it's supposed it was, to be yeah, weird. Everything was just so <laughs> weird that night. So yeah. uh, I, I see where you're coming from though. It sucks to to have that lead and lose Especially it. Especially when the Western Conference it. is so compact. We need yeah. those points. Especially with the team we're tied with. The guys know that. The guys know that. I'm not telling them anything they don't know. Yeah. All right, RJ, you're bad. My bad uh is when we started this podcast, mm-hmm. we said we are an independent supporters group or an independent podcast. As we are. And if the team did something that we needed to call them out on, we would do it. Mm-hmm. And we're not afraid to do it. Yep. Um, and, and my calling the team out is on this Meow Wolf jersey debacle that happened. Lay it on me. Uh, people waited in line before the store opened to get a jersey. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, one of the most popular... Uh, events. It's a great jersey. In, well, in this short history, it's a fantastic jersey, and, yeah. and the United front office had to know that this jersey is going to be in demand. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's a limited edition. Sure. You would think that the limited edition wouldn't be like the first 20 people who are standing in line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's what it was, but I think I, there's people who were just 30 people back who didn't get a jersey because they were out of their sizes. Mm-hmm. Now, United did a hell of a job recognizing that people were getting frustrated and upset. And Peter came out and was handing out Malwa flags and apologizing, and they were taking the people's names down for a back order to get get these kits out. Which is what you do in that situation. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And they did a hell of a job with you know recouping from it. But mm-hmm. knowing that this is kind of the biggest 
night of the year, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, other than the Cinco de Mayo night, you'd think there'd be... And when we go and win, win, win playoff oh, playoff but go matches, ahead. Yeah. But you'd, you'd think there was a little more preparation for that. Sure. So that's my first ever, I think, call out of the team. Uh-huh. Uh, and my second is anyone who tells me how to root for this team. Yep. If, if I want to tweet something or write something or say something that I didn't agree with... You don't. You don't tell me. Yeah, do and I think that's what that would bother me. That's what bothers me more so than the, the jersey shortage. The jersey shortage, while not ideal, and, and it wasn't it even the team's fault, really. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of things that went into that, and I'm not mad at the team for it. I just I wish they would have been a little more heads uppy on it. Sure. But I'm not. I'm not mad. The jersey shortage is not the end of the world. No. But I agree with you. On, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that second point. Nobody can tell you how to cheer. Nobody can tell you how to criticize. Nobody can tell you what to do. You're yeah. a fan. You're an independent fan. And that would bother me a hell of yeah. a lot more. I mean, I've pumped thousands of dollars into supporting this team. Sure. I have the gear. I have and we love the tickets. This club. I love this club more than anything. I almost have the tattoo. I'm <laughs> back and forth with it. But don't tell me how to be a fan. Like sure. you, 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 you take what I take, you take what I give. And I mean, I'm here. I'm giving you everything I have. I'm trying. I'm, I'm giving you more than I've put into any team ever before. Yep. And you're a lifelong Dodgers fan. Yeah. Yep. All right. So my bad uh, is individuals uh, who. So so New Mexico United, uh, they are an independent soccer club. They are obviously they're in the USL, but they have sole ownership and sole proprietorship of their copyrights. Mm -hmm. They can use those for T-shirts, for hats, for lanyards they just came out with. They can use them for jerseys. They can use them for social media. They can use them for whatever the hell they want. It's their copyright. If you are a fan, feel free to use those items for your own purposes. You know, if you want to maybe make your own T-shirt, you know, that's great. That's awesome. But you can't sell them. That's that's how copyright law works. That's how trademarks work. Excuse me, not copyright. Trademark law works. Um, you know, it, you cannot make money off of something that's trademarked by somebody else. And we, I've seen a lot lately people who are getting upset when United asks them, you know, hey, don't sell things with our, yeah, our trademark on them. I mean, they, they've put the work into that. They've put the time and money and, and invested everything into that. And if you're supporting this club, this hometown club, our club, you shouldn't want to take money from the club. You shouldn't want to, I mean, that's, that is, that is taking money from the club. And, and again, I've seen a lot of people, not a lot of people, I've seen a few people on social media getting upset because the club asks them not to do that. And I think it's entirely reasonable for New Mexico United to defend their trademarks uh, that they have fought for, they've created. It's their their uh, intellectual property, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with them defending themselves. So that's my bad. Don't, don't violate those trademark laws. Don't violate those copyright laws and support your local team. And something I love saying is United is coming out with a, a local artist series. Oh, my God. So looks, I, don't know when, so cool. I don't know the details about it, yeah. but it's local artists are being able to be able to do something with them. Mm-hmm. Just do it right. Yeah. I mean, Just get your head right out way. of your ass and do it right. Do it the right way. Okay. Let's end on a positive note. Let's go. All right. I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So uh, my positive, my good, uh, is rallying around El Paso. Um, and I think that is... Uh, obviously, first and foremost, it's the city of El Paso rallying around its own people. Uh, I've seen that on the news. I've seen that on social media. Uh, you know, we're talking about the eighth notch. We're talking about the locomotive and we're talking about the greater metropolitan area of El Paso as a whole, the state of Texas, mm-hmm. frankly, the whole damn country. Uh, you know, I've seen countless supporter groups from across the USL, uh, tweeting at the eighth notch, tweeting at the locomotive, um, their messages of support, um, you know, these GoFundMe pages that are, are raising money for for victims and victims' families. And I saw this one in particular um, where they are, there were these two soccer coaches. They, co- they coached a girls' soccer team, and they were outside the Walmart raising money for this soccer team. Um, and both the coaches were shot. Um, I don't know if they were killed. I don't, I don't know all the details. But there was a GoFundMe to st- – get the the funding for that girls soccer team so they can have the equipment to play this year. Um, and that was funded so quickly, um, which is great. It's, it's wonderful. And I, and I believe the addition, any additional funding that goes in goes to the, some sort of medical costs, I believe. Um, so it's great to see everybody rally around this. This is a time you wish we didn't have to have, yeah. um, you know, we wish we didn't have to rally around El Paso in this situation or rally around Dayton. You know, it's, it's not something we should have to do. Um, but rivalries don't matter when it comes to something like this. Frankly, 
Soccer doesn't matter when it comes to like something like this. What matters is people, regardless of where they're from, regardless of who they are, regardless of what team they cheer for. It doesn't matter. Um, so my good is seeing people rally around El Paso in, in this time of tragedy. Yeah, and seeing El Paso themselves, the El Paso strong. Every time there's a tragedy, somebody comes without the, with, with their name strong, their sure. hashtag, and, and just seeing it in action. There was a call in El Paso that, you know, these hospitals need blood mm -hmm. and they were showing on, on the local news in El Paso and Las Cruces that, that people were lined up hundreds deep to give blood mm -hmm. and, and to see just the El Paso come out and support their community. And, and what I love is the people of El Paso are so strong right now because they recognize that it was someone from the outside who came in to hurt them. Yes. It wasn't someone from El Paso who did this. It was an outsider and they're rallying around each other because they know the love and the passion that they have for each other and the good people that are down there. And, and they recognize that the hate of one person, the anger of one person, the white supremacy of one person, um, you know, it's, it's the, the believed white supremacy, I would, I would say, actually, um, does not, while, while it has obviously impacted the community, it doesn't change who they are. Yeah. Um, it, it will not defeat the people of El Paso. Um, and, um, you know, white nationalists are a scourge and a plague and I wish they were gone forever, but we know that they exist and hopefully we can continue to rally around people, um, and, and, and help protect people and pass comprehensive laws to protect people and rally around people when they need support. Um, because unfortunately the hate is still there. Um, but you know what? The love is way more powerful. Um, and, uh, a little closer to home here in Albuquerque, if you want to help support, we're going to be having an event uh, this Sunday. Um, so in addition to we'll have our watch parties like we always do. Um, but at Star Brothers, uh, we're going to be uh, hosting a blood drive um, and that's uh, to support the people in El Paso. It'll be from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Star Brothers Brewing. Um Star Brothers is partnering with us on this. Uh, they're going to have the blood mobile there. Uh, once we have all of the details confirmed, we'll put it on social media. There will be li a link so you can sign up um, for your, your registered time. Everybody who donates blood, Star Brothers is going to give you a free appetizer. And every 10% uh, of every dollar raised during the watch party and during the time the blood mobile is there, 10% of every dollar raised is going to go to the uh, El Paso Shooting Victims Fund. Um, so we're doing what we can here. It's a small piece, but we, I think we as a community, we have an obligation and we, we have a duty to, to help those in need. Yeah. And, uh, thank you star for doing that. And just, just know El Paso. Uh, I mean, during our rivalry, we're going to, we're going to be mean to you guys and, and say whatever we have to say, but our, our hearts are with you when it comes to real life. And mm -hmm. this more is important than life. soccer. Yeah. This is more important than soccer. This is, this is our brothers and sisters down there and our our hearts are with you guys. We, we can't say it enough that we, we wish there was more that we could do. I mean, uh, it sucks this helpless feeling mm -hmm. that we have, but just know that we, we we're with you. We, you, we have your back. Yep. And again, if, if you're here in New Mexico and you want to participate in that blood drive or in coming to star brothers and, and again, having some of your money put toward that fund, uh, we'll have all the details out on social media soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, and we'd love to have you. Yeah. All right. RJ, end us on a positive note. Uh, and I, I, I threw to you cause my computer went out. <laughs> so that's why I threw it. We should have ended with that. But, uh, my good for the week was, uh, Alejandro Bedoya. Oh yes. Uh, using his platform. He scores in the third minute for, uh, the Philadelphia union in Washington, DC at the DC United. And he runs to an on-field microphone mm -hmm. on Fox sports and yells into the microphone how we uh, Congress needs to end gun violence and, yep. and do something. Yeah. And, and I loved that he did that. I loved to use his platform. And I love that the Major League Soccer did not fine him for it. Well, that. and they voted him, fans player, voted him yeah, player of the player month, player of the day, player of the week, something like that, yeah. player of the month, uh, which is great. It shows there's support for that. And yeah. uh, folks, we know that this has been a heavy episode. We've talked a lot about. Uh, you know, responsibility of people with the platform. We've talked a little bit about politics. We've talked about some terrible things that have happened around the country. And we know that's not why you come here. We you know you come here for a distraction. To get away from all of that. Yeah. And 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 so for, for that, we're we're not gonna apologize. Um this is these are important things. Um yeah, this is the world we live in and this soccer is a wonderful distraction, but that doesn't take away from responsibilities. And this is our small platform mm -hmm. and, and to be able to use it, I'm, I'm, we're going to, yep. and we, we thank all of our listeners every week. We see, uh, uh, 
your tweets and your Facebook posts and stuff like that. And we wish we could do more too. We, we absolutely love doing this and, and love talking to Mexico United and love just talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we, we really can't do it without you guys. And we, we love you guys so much too for that. And, it, you know, just, especially now, just seeing everything that's happening, you got to hold our people, even our, our fans and, and listeners and friends and family, just hold them a little closer now. Yep. And folks, we we'll be here every week, except for when we occasionally skip a week. We're trying <laughs> to be here every week. Um, and and again, hopefully we're not talking about such heavy things here in the next few episodes. Uh, we we love having you guys listen to us and we really appreciate you. Um, but uh, RJ, let's let's thank the people who made this possible. Yeah, quick thanks. We're just going to run through these real quick. Uh, again, Star, go out there this this Sunday for the, uh, t- uh, is it the T2 game, right? Uh, yeah, it's the game so against, the game yeah. against T2. The, everything that's happening out there, that's great. Great stuff. So go out there and, and if you want to donate blood and head over to Rio Bravo, you could do that too. Rio Bravo is another sponsor up in Santa Fe. We got Boxcar Brewing down in Las Cruces, Bosque Brewing, and uh, Rude Boy Cookie, mm-hmm. House of Soccer, uh, ESPN Radio, 117 The Team, your home for New Mexico United Soccer, and uh, who am I forgetting? Oh, the BGN. Can't forget the Beautiful BGN. Game Network. Beautiful Game Network. Go to bgn.fm to find our podcast and several other podcasts on Major League Soccer, the USL Championship, League Two, Premier League. Premier League. There's a lot of great podcasts there for you to listen to. And don't forget the noms. We and love the noms. the noms. Yeah, thank you for our music noms. We love you guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week again with hopefully a far less heavy episode. We love you all. Thank you for listening. Somos Unidos. We are united. For the taking, the earth is shaking from that groovy quaking. Coming out of this guitar and, and the beat goes on and on and on. Someday, 